Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We are so glad you're with us. We're a Bible-based church from Ontario, Canada, and together we're on a mission to reach people far from Christ and see them become devoted followers of Him. So we are the church, and ironically, that's what the name of this message series is um, that you're listening to. So we believe the church isn't a building. It's us, the people. And here's the thing. When each of us know who we are and what we believe, we can achieve incredible things together. So, in this new series, We Are the Church, we're going to learn more about who we are and how we can work together to change this world. With that, let's turn over to Pastor Nate with part one of his series called A Growing Church. Fall season is upon us. I know it feels more like summer. It's been maybe the hottest week we've had, uh, but the fall season is upon us. I know this because our kids, at least a few of them, are back into school, new rhythms, new community, new connections, uh, new commitments. Uh, Fall really is, for many people, the start of a new year. Uh, If you don't have kids, then you've probably noticed the buses, the extra time it takes to get everywhere. Uh, The fall season is here, and one of the great things about fall season is that we reconnect, and I know many folks have been away from church uh, holidays during the summer and coming back, and we're so glad to have you back. Uh, Also, uh, small groups you're going to hear today, uh, small groups are firing up, Uh, sign up begins today. Uh, We have our youth group launching this Wednesday, young adults next Sunday, uh, just all kinds of exciting things in the works. And so I wanted to kick off uh, the beginning of a a four-week message series we're going to be doing uh, this September and into October, and the title of this message series is We Are the Church. Can we all say that together? We are the church. Let's emphasize the we are bit. Let's try it again. We are the church. Uh, notice it doesn't say we go to church, right? And going to church is a, is a fine thing. We love it when people come to church, but that's not what the church is all about. It's not about going. It's about being. And over these next four weeks, we're going to talk about what it, the church is. Uh, we're going to talk about what our role is as part of the church. We're going to talk about what Jesus had in mind. We're going to talk about the church and suffering. We're going to talk about the church and the many different kinds of people you find in the church who do and say different things. We're going to talk about all of that in uh, the weeks ahead. Now, when I was a kid, um, they had this little thing. It was like, here's the church and here's the steeple. Open up the doors and there are the people. And of course, we understand that the church is not a building the church is not a corporation. The church is not an organization. It's not a denomination. The church is not even a set of morals, right? And, and the church is not any one particular individual. It's not like I'm the church and you are the church. I think sometimes we mistake our relationship with Jesus and our relationship with our Heavenly Father as the church. But the church is something altogether different. In fact, in the New Testament, the Greek word used is ekklesia. Okay, And that word literally means a community of people who are called out and separated unto God. So the church isn't any one of us, and it's not an organizational structure or building, anything like that. It is the community of people. And so uh, what does the church do? Right? What does the church do? Well, uh, Jesus answers this for us in Matthew 16, verse 24. He says this to his disciples and to us. He says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his, or we could say her, cross and what? Follow me. He doesn't say, believe in me. I think that's what we think. We think that you're a Christian, that you're part of a church when you believe in Jesus. Jesus actually doesn't invite us to simply believe in him. He invites us to 
follow him. That's what Jesus says, to follow him. So what is the church? The church is a, uh, the church is a community of people who are following Jesus. That's exactly what the church is. And so uh, whether you are part of the church of Jesus or not, it's really up to you. Are you following him? Are you called by his name? Are you a disciple of Jesus? Now, I truly do believe that following Jesus begins with a moment of decision. A moment of decision. Uh, for me, my personal story, when I was uh, four or four and a half years old, something like that, I remember laying in my bed one night and my mom was tucking me into bed, you know, and, uh, you know, as all young kids do, I started to strike up a conversation, you know, asking her questions about God and all that stuff, you know, trying to delay bedtime. But I was, I was ultimately curious. And I remember saying something to the effect of, mom, I want Jesus to live in my heart. And she responded and said, well, he, he will, and he can, and he wants to. And so all you have to do is invite him. And I, I prayed some childlike prayer that was something like Jesus come into my heart. I, I didn't understand all of the implications, but I knew that I had sinned. I knew that I needed God, and I knew that I wanted Jesus in my life, and I prayed a prayer. Now, in the years that followed, especially in my teenage years, I drifted from my commitment to follow Jesus from that decision, but there was something inside me that held me and went... No, I belong to Jesus. No, I'm a follower of Jesus. And I, I constantly came back to it and recommitted my life and continued to follow Jesus. Now, what's your story? Well, I mean, did, have you made a decision to follow Christ? Maybe you made a decision when you were a kid or in Sunday school. Maybe as an adult. Maybe you hit rock bottom in a relationship or in drugs and addiction. And you came to the conclusion that you needed Jesus and you made a decision to follow him with the rest of your life. And I believe that becoming part of the church and following Jesus begins with a moment of decision. If you're listening today and you've never made a decision to follow Christ, perhaps today could be that day that is the moment of decision for you. Now, as much as I believe that following Jesus begins with a moment of decision, that's not all there is to it. Um, when uh, we do make a decision, something happens. In 1 John 3, 2, it says, Beloved, now we are children of God. Uh, the moment that I invited Christ into my life, I became a child of God, a son, or maybe you became a daughter of God. The moment that you made a decision to follow Jesus, that's exactly what happened. The New Testament tells us that we became new creations, new creatures in Christ Jesus, that we move from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, that we are transformed, okay, trans. Uh, grafted into God's tree. So we get all these analogies of what exactly happens at the moment of our salvation. We become children of God. But of course, that's not the end. You know this because uh, when you're born, that's not the end of the story. That's the beginning of the story. I remember um, my wife and I, my wife Jessica and I have four kids and two of them are graduated from high school. Two of them are in, are in grade in high school. And, uh, and I remember each of their births quite, quite remarkably. I, I remember specifically our first, because it's the first. And I remember that moment when it was like the baby was finally born. And, you know, you're, it's so tense and nervous. And they, the doctor handed me our firstborn son. And I held him in my arms. And I looked at him and I thought, we did it. And my wife just looked at me like, yeah, we didn't do anything. So I'm holding this baby. It's like, we did it. We've arrived. We're parents. Our child is born. Ah, we've arrived. And of course, um, we all know that the birth of a child is not the end of the story. It's the beginning of the story. Little did we know all that would entail in the years and decades to follow. Uh, it is the beginning of the process. And so too, 
making a commitment to follow Jesus, right? Making a commitment to follow Jesus and to surrender your life to him is not the end of the story. It is just the beginning of the story. It's the beginning of the process, okay? Um, 13 years ago today, my wife Jessica and I and a small team of young people planted Pathway Church. I've got a a photo of the original launch team. I think it's cool to reflect. Look how young and naive we were (laughs) and skinny. Oh man, it's crazy there. Uh, I am with my wife, Jessica, Todd and Carolyn, Brian and Kara, Alex and Rhea, and Dan and Abby Cook, who are now living in um, the Bancroft area. And so we've got uh, this original team of young people, and we just had this dream to create a community within our city called Pathway Church that would that would reach our community and share the love of God and the gospel of Jesus with with the world and with our community around us. Now, as we met in the in the in the days leading up to it, one of the questions we asked is, "What are we going to name this thing? Like, what name are we going to attach to this community of people?" And the name we ended up landing on was the name Pathway Church. Now, Pathway is not a unique name. There are lots of other Pathway churches. The reason why we, we chose that name is because we truly believe, and I truly believe, that following Jesus is, is not, it's more than just a decision. It also leads into a process. It's a journey. It's a pathway. Uh, Jesus said there is a wide and well-worn road that leads to death. And there is a narrow path, and by the way, that path is one person wide, and his name is Jesus, and that narrow path leads to life. And each and every one of us is not only called to attend church or do good things for the community, we're called to follow Jesus, to apprentice under our master, and to follow him wherever he leads. And so following Jesus begins with a decision, and maybe you've made a decision, but that decision must lead you into a uh, process. That's so important. By the way, baptism, and I keep saying this for the last year, it's like baptism is not the final step. It's not graduation. Baptism is representative of being born into God's family. It's the first. That's why you come out of the water, right? Just like a baby. It's like you are brand new. And baptism, all it says is I'm following Jesus and I'm taking my first steps. And so if you haven't been baptized, let us know. We're going to have a baptism in the next month or so. We'd love to include you in that. So it's the first step. So uh, the decision, and it leads into a process. Uh, our text continues in First John. He says, Beloved, now we are children of God, but notice the process doesn't stop, and it has yet to be revealed what we shall be. If you're watching this with someone, just turn to them and say, if you think this is something, just wait. You ain't seen nothing yet. All right, Uh, there is more to you. There is more to God's plan for you. Uh, You are not at the end. You are somewhere at the beginning or in the middle and God has a plan and he's leading you somewhere. So being part of the church isn't just a decision to follow Jesus. It's so much more. It leads us into a process of becoming uh, more and more like him each and every day. And he goes on to say this, and, and we know that when he is revealed, when Jesus is revealed, we shall be like him. God's plan for you is not that you would just believe in him, and it's not that you would just attend church and volunteer and help out a little bit, that kind of thing, but actually that you and I would become more like him, that we grow in our character, that we grow in our love, and that we would follow him to the point that we look like him, sound like him. Uh, God wants to do that in each and every one of us. And so the process of following Jesus leads us to be more like Jesus. Now, the question I kind of wanted to wrestle with a bit today is how will this happen? So how, how will God... 
work in our lives? How will God work in this church, Pathway Church, to do all the things he wants to do? And, and again, sometimes I know uh, we talk often about the God of miracles and how God can, can make miracles happen and God can do all these incredible things. But generally speaking, if you want to know how God works, if you want to know how God does things in the world, the answer is really simple, and it's this. God grows things. Can we say that together? God grows things. He grows things. I've always been captivated by what Genesis chapter 2 and verse 8 says. It says, the Lord God, what did he do? He planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. So God has created the heavens and the earth. He's created all this incredible stuff. And he could just make the garden complete, but he doesn't. What does God do? He plants a garden and a garden that is going to grow. He puts seeds in the ground and he wants a tree here and a bush there and flowers. And he puts it all in the ground and it's going to slowly grow. And if you want to know how God works, this is how he works. He plants stuff. When Jesus showed up on the earth, he actually said, you want to know how the kingdom of God works? It's like a seed. This is like a seed that gets planted in the heart. And that seed, when it's planted in the right heart, will grow up and create a tree that produces fruit. He says, my life is like a seed. He's like, I got to die and go in the ground and my death and then subsequent resurrection will lead to life for everyone. God's very interested in seeds. If he wants wood, he plants a tree. Okay, if he wants food, he, he plants a fruit tree. If he, you know, God plants things and in the same way, you go, how's God going to work in my life? Really easy. He's going to grow it. He's going to plant something in your life. His word is going to go into you and begin to produce something. And his goal is not only to grow things around you, but to grow you and to grow me. Like newborn infants, Peter writes, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. Right? Even though the moment we decide to follow Jesus, we're kind of like moved into God's kingdom. We're born into this world. Uh, that's not the end. We must grow up into salvation. God wants to grow you and he wants to grow me uh, to where he wants to have you be. One last passage and then we're going to start to get practical today. It's found in uh, the first chapter of Colossians. Now Paul is going to write this. He's going to tell the Colossians what he's praying for. Now I want you to notice Paul's not praying for health and prosperity. Those fine. Nothing wrong with that. He's not praying that all the troubles would disappear. He says, from the day that we heard of your faith, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. Like, what we really want is for you to know what God's will is for your life. In all spiritual wisdom and in understanding, he continues, so as you walk in the manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. What Paul says is like, what we want for you, what we're praying for most for you, the church is that you would grow in the knowledge of him, that you would grow in your good works, that you would grow, 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 that God would be growing you. And guys, uh, my hope and my prayer for Pathway Church, for every person who calls themselves a part of this community of, of Jesus followers, that, that you and I would grow, that as each of us grows, the church grows and is strengthened. And so the question I want to ask today is, is this, it's super simple. Are you growing in your faith? And you say, well, I, I don't know. Am I growing in my faith? Well, you know, one of the things we do is we, we measure things that matter. I've got a little, um, I got a little board here. Um, this, is, this is something that's been hanging around our house for a while. Some of you might have something like this in your home. And this is a little board that attaches to the wall. And then at various stages, as our kids were growing, we would stand, you know, put their back against the wall, put a little book on top, and we'd write down their heights. And uh, this thing goes up to six foot five. 
So I got a little plus one up here because our oldest son is six foot six. So he's above the board. All right. But we're we're measuring this. And why? We measure it because it matters. I'll never forget when I was there at uh, the birth of our of our firstborn child, as I mentioned earlier. Um, You know, I was like the dignitary. You ever see when they put up a new building and uh, there's a new building going up and like some important person who was not involved in building at all shows up and he gets a scissor and gets to cut the ribbon. Right. You know, that was me. I showed, I didn't do anything. My wife did all the work. The doctor hands me the scissors, says, do you want to cut the cord? And I'm like, yes. So I'm sitting there, try it. It's a lot harder than it looks. And I, I remember finally cutting the cord and looking at my wife and going, that was harder than I thought. She just rolled her eyes at me. Um, you know, where was I going with this? Oh yeah. Uh, after I cut the cord, they immediately took the baby away and started to take measurements. So they're measuring the length of the child. They're putting them on a scale and weighing. So they're, they're measuring what matters? They say, why does it, why does it matter? Why, why does it matter what the size of your kid is? Well, because um, as, you, as kids uh, get older, they're supposed to grow. And, and if you take your kid in for their monthly checkup and they measure it and they haven't grown, that's a problem, right? Because we expect growth. And in the same way, as followers of Jesus, we're supposed to grow spiritually. We're supposed to be moving forward. And sometimes we don't know unless we, unless we measure. One of the reasons why um, we take measurements over time is because uh, growth is often really slow. I don't know if you've noticed this, right? Like if my kids stepped up to this board and put their line on every single day, they would get discouraged. They'd be like, I'm not growing. But if they do it quarterly... Or every half a year, they can literally see the progress. And, and my guess is that for many of us, God is growing us in our faith, and He is trying to lead us in a process of growth. And uh, and it happens slowly, but if we're willing to to keep it up, uh, we'll continue to grow and move forward. So, how do we measure? Um, how do we measure what matters? Well, let me talk about us as a church community altogether. Uh, here are some of the things that we track and measure, and we'll be sharing some of this uh, detail with you in the coming weeks from our most recent survey. We track decisions for Christ. As a church, we think that's important. When people make a decision to follow Jesus for the first time, say a prayer, check a box on a card and say, yes, I'm following Jesus. So we track that because we think that matters. And that's growth. Uh, we track baptisms because that's the first step of discipleship and following Jesus. And so we track the people who are getting baptized and we celebrate that as a church. Number three, we track serving how many people uh, volunteer? You go, well, why would we do that? Because when someone decides that I'm going to give up my time and energy to love and care for someone else, we think that's a sign of growth. And we know that by serving and loving others, it's one of the ways that God forms our character. And so the number of volunteers and the number of people serving and the level at which they're serving in our church is actually an indication that God's at work and an indication that people are engaging with the process of discipleship. So we think that's, we think that's a really, really important number. And I'll be reporting in the next few weeks where we're at, but we have a whole bunch of new volunteers. We're excited about that. Uh, Number four, we track group participation because we believe that coming to church and hearing a sermon is great, but we need to get out of rows and into circles. We need to be in community. We have to have people when we show up to church who know our name, who know our story, who can both encourage and support us, but also challenge us at times. We need all of that. And that can't happen in a group with 100 or 200 people, but it can happen in a small circle of community. And lastly, we track generosity, right? Partly because the CRA requires it for tax receipts, but also because generosity, our willingness to give of our money to God and to others, is actually, again, a sign of a heart that's being transformed and a faith that is is growing. And so one of the questions I have for you is this, so you know, what are you going to measure? In your own life, you can measure things like faith. Say, 
Do I have more faith now than I had a year ago? It's a great question to ask. Or do I have more fear? That would be the, that would be the alternative, right? Uh, and, and so we can measure that over time. And remember, it's going to change slowly if we're growing, but if we measure it over time, we're going to see change. Uh, is, am I growing in my knowledge of God? Do I know the scriptures better? Um, am I growing in my gifts, talents, and abilities? Right? All of us have gifts, talents, and abilities. And when we use them, we grow in them. And so am I growing in those things? Am I growing in my leadership to myself and others? Am I growing in love, patience, and generosity? And by the way, when, when we ask God to help us grow in love, he'll give us people that are hard to love. When we ask God for patience, he'll, he'll give us annoying people. When we ask him to grow us in generosity, he'll surround us with people who have needs. And we'll have to do something to help them. And so, again, we have to realize that, that God is calling us to grow up in the faith and into salvation. And so I wanted to share with you four quick things. And then I'm going to have Jessica come and share a little bit of information about small groups and opportunities to connect here in the church. Here's the first thing I want you to remember as you seek to grow in your faith. Number one, use your own measuring stick, right? On this little stick I got, uh, our kids, you know, they're not comparing themselves with their older sibling because that would just be discouraging, right? Because they're always going to be behind them. But what they're doing is they're comparing themselves with where they were. And, and I would just encourage you, if you are seeking to grow in your faith, use your talents, love, patience, don't compare yourself with somebody else. Compare yourself with where you were a year ago because then you will see progress and growth and it is something that's attainable. It's like if you ever go to the gym, you know, you get in the gym and, they, and you pick up the little dumbbells and you're doing your thing and you're lifting your weight and then you look over and there's some guy who probably hasn't left the gym in 20 years, you know, he's taking needles in the corner or whatever. And uh, this guy's over there just, you know, cranking up these huge weights and, and you're looking and going, well, I'll just never succeed. Uh, I'm so weak. And, and you just become discouraged. Why? Because you're not using your own measuring stick. You're comparing yourself with somebody else. And I just want to warn you as you as you think about what it means to grow in your faith, don't don't use someone else's measuring stick. Don't compare yourself with with somebody else. Work on on you. God is calling you to something, and if you make progress towards that, you will begin to see it over time. So so don't use someone else's measuring stick. Um, uh, compare yourself with where you were, and and really really ask God where are you leading me. Here's the second thing I think is really important: make Jesus your aim. Again, this is this is sort of a play on the first one, but. Um, you know, it's so easy for us to, to have somebody in our life, a parent who we just look up to and respect so much. That's great. A pastor, a friend that we just, that means so much to us. And we're in a, in a sense, modeling ourselves after them. And, and that's helpful sometimes because we all need examples in front of us of how to live and follow Jesus. But ultimately we need to make Jesus our aim. We can follow other people, but we should follow them as they follow Jesus, because there is a chance that the people that we admire so much will go off the rails, make a mistake. And if our faith is, is, is squarely pointed at those people that we love and respect and not Jesus, when they fall, we fall. And so the scriptures actually teach us that we're to make Jesus our aim. We're, we're to keep our eyes on him. And of course, we can have people in our lives who are examples for us, but, but ultimately it is Jesus that we're aiming for and other people will provide examples and help for us. Does that make sense? So make Jesus the aim. I think sometimes people come to church and they get hurt. Um, they get hurt because people are, are, are sometimes nasty, but sometimes people get hurt because instead of looking at Jesus and following him, we're actually following a pastor or we're following an elder or a leader or a small group, somebody in our small group. So make Jesus your aim. 
Don't use someone else's measuring stick. Here's the third thing. Just remember that growth happens slowly. Growth happens slowly. So you've got to find a way to measure your progress. You have to find a way to, to say, where was I a year ago in this area? And, and where am I now? And, oh, I'm seeing a little bit of progress, and I'm, I'm encouraged by it. Galatians 6.9 reminds us of this. It says, let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. This is, this is a reminder to us that growth happens slowly. That even though we're trying to do the right thing, we're trying to honor God, we're trying to move things forward, we're trying to grow in patience, we're trying to be more generous, we're trying to be a better parent, better friend, whatever it is. As we're doing it, we're going to be tempted to get tired and weary and go, it's not doing anything anyway, why bother? Don't give up. We will reap if we don't give up. That's what Galatians 6, 9 tells us. So growth happens slowly. Let's be reminded of that so we're not discouraged. And lastly, surround yourself with the right people. We all know this, right? When we were kids, our parents warned us constantly about the people we hang with. Birds of a feather flock together. If all your friends went off a cliff, are you going to, you know, all the lines our parents gave us. We all know this is true, that we become like the five people or so that we spend the most time with. So, but the incredible thing is that you and I get to choose the people we surround ourselves with. And maybe uh, this September you're checking out churches and you're like, is Pathway Church the place for me? Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Uh, we like to hold people with an open hand. If you come here and you can engage with this community and grow in your faith and find great people and, and, and use your gifts and talents, we would love to have you here. But if there's another church where you are better suited, another church where you can better connect and use your gifts, then go there because we're not about growing Pathway. We're about growing the kingdom of God. And when... The people of God are growing. God's church, which is more than just pathway, by the way, will continue to grow. So you've got to surround yourself with the right people. Sometimes people come to Pathway Church and they're like, well, I just uh, I can't find any community. And, and so I'll ask them, to, have you joined a small group? Well, no. Have you joined a volunteer team? That's the best place to start. Well, no, I'm busy. It's like, well, how are you expecting to have the right people in your life if you're not doing so? So as much as I wish myself and our staff could place everybody in strategic friendships, that's just not going to happen. And so each person is responsible to seek out those who they can do life and faith with. And I hope that every person listening today will find a home and a place here in Pathway Church. But I also know after 13 years that that's not always the case. And so each of us is responsible to surround ourselves with the right people, to get into community so that we can grow in our faith our relationship with God, our gifts and talents, but also that the church. And why are we doing this? Because we are the church. And everything that God is going to do in this world, he's going to do through his called out people, his church. Um, I want to share with you one last encouraging scripture, and then I'm going to pray and let you know about what's coming next week. Um, in Philippians uh, chapter 1 and verse 6, he says this, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So Paul says, hey, here's one thing that I think will be encouraging, especially if you feel stuck, especially if you feel like you're not making any progress, that he who began a good work, and let's be honest, it is God who is at work in each and every one of us, and he says that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion, that God not only has a plan for your life, but he's involved in every step of the way of bringing it to completion. And so I hope that today as we go, we're just kind of interested in this idea. We are the church. We are the church. 
And God wants us to grow into the likeness of his son. And he is going to invite us into this process. We're going to measure what matters here at the church and individually. And we're going to continue moving in his direction because that's exactly what the church does. Next week, we're going to hear from the uh, director of Youth Unlimited in Lebanon. And he's going to be sharing stories. And what I want you to hear uh, next week is, is about how the church is more than just Peterborough, but it is a global church, that there are brothers and sisters all around the world, and that our faith often grows through the difficult challenges that we face. And so this is all about being the church. So let me pray for us, and then we're going to turn it over to Jessica. She's going to give us some information about uh, launching small groups. Father, thank you for every person listening to the sound of my voice, every person who calls Pathway Church home or maybe who's searching for a church home. God, we pray uh, that you uh, would bring your people into your family, wherever that may be. God, I pray that for each of us, we would uh, turn to you and allow your spirit to grow us. We recognize today, God, that you're in the business of growing things. And God, would you, even for a moment, allow us to see what exactly it is you want to develop and grow in each of us, our character. Lord, today, as we go from this place, would your spirit highlight one area where you're inviting us to grow, one area where where there's something that we're to work on and to see progress in the days and months ahead. And we believe with all our hearts that as we grow in your direction, that the church is strengthened and we we are your church. And we move forward together in unity. Lord, if there's anyone here today who is who's listening and who has never committed to follow you, I pray that they would pray that simple prayer that I prayed when I was a little kid. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive my sins. Be my savior. Be my master. I will follow you. And God, that as they uh, utter those words in their mouths and in their heart, God, that you would fill them and move them from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, that they would be sons and daughters of God. Thank you for all you're doing. Thank you for what is ahead in this series and in this month of September. And we pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Hey, that's it from us. Thank you so much for joining. Please stay connected with us. Be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's Pathway Church PTBO. Hey, God is at work in this world and we feel so blessed that we get to be part of what he is doing. Have a great day wherever you're at and we hope to see you soon.